audible, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital, like Antoine when he shimmied after shots went through. So tell me why you mad even? Your team gonna be sad leaving after matching up with Brad Stevens. Each season, champion contenders. We drop twice a week, like you trying to guard Kemba. Your team whack and your players whacker. I got the inside scoop after hanging up with Jay and Packer. Okay, we about chips here. I'm talking about this year, band of 12 plus six here. Carson that was top rookie, I'm seeing it now. Ain't playing around with Tatum and Hay with a Brown. We off the charts, but you gotta play it market smart. Close out, cause he pulling up from Harvard Yard. Gang green, it's no other way. So tune in to the pod if you plan on staying up to date. You heard? Welcome to Anything is Potable, the Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packard, joined, oh, I forgot to mention, I'm a professional sports fan, and I'm joined, as always, by the kid, the legend, the god himself, Celtics beat reporter for the Athletic, Jay King who does not like it when I dance, and that's exactly why uh, I keep dancing. But we are joining you here before uh, the Celtics Game 1 matchup in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Miami Heat. And Jay, yesterday we had a podcast with the great Dave Dufour that everyone should go listen to, um, and it had me feeling good. It had me feeling pretty great about the Celtics' chances because both you and Dave were like Celtics in 5 or Celtics in 6. Uh, but then today I started listening around uh, the kind of the podcast world, listening to the low post. Zach Lowe's big on the heat. You listen to a, a, a No Dunks podcast, a bunch of people are big on the heat. Is there a chance we were maybe a bit too exuberant yesterday uh, with our thoughts on the series? I've been slandering the heat <laughs> irrationally for, for too long. I, I have never been a believer, a big believer in the heat. I think they're good. I did not think they were going to beat Milwaukee. For some reason, I still haven't fully credited them for decimating the top seed in the Eastern Conference. And I'm still not sold by them at all. So so we shall see. I mean, our, our old friend uh, Zach Harper was pretty much, very much into the heat. I think we had, like a lot of our conversation yesterday was about Gordon Hayward and the impact he might have on the series. It did news came out kind of like a half hour ago that he will be out for game one. It's going to be interesting to see when he comes back and what kind of what level he comes back. And we'll we'll use that topic to kind of jump right into the questions. This is a listener mailbag. And so if you're watching live on Periscope, feel free to post a comment um, and we'll try to get to those questions. But otherwise, uh, we're going to do some questions from the people we got earlier today. I'm trying to find the Hayward one, and I can't find it, so I can't really credit the person. This but is what great do you podcasting, Packard? Oh, from Bob You're Wang. Supposed to be organized. Bob Wang at Grizzlepuff. What is the best case scenario for Hayward in this series, um, and any chance he plays most of the games? Your thoughts, Jay? I mean, he worked out in a small group setting today, Monday. So I have to assume he's pretty close. They they wouldn't be having him do stuff like that if he wasn't at least moderately able to move on his ankle. It was a sprained ankle. He's already missed the four weeks. That was like the minimum time frame for him to come back. I don't think he's going to miss too much of the series. 
game two, maybe that's too early, but game three, probably at least, I would think, just based on what we know, just based on what he was able to do Monday. Um, I, I think, like, and then, but do you then think what, the Celtics what can win like? this series? This is a, basically a question from Breaking Burgess. Do you think the Celtics can win this series without Hayward coming back? Like, do you think they ha- like he's necessary? I'm, I think Hayward in this matchup makes it a lot easier. But if if they don't have him, I still think they can win. They beat the Raptors, and the Raptors to me were a better team. Now they're a totally different team, though. The Raptors, their defense was impenetrable, and they they played defense as well as anybody. The Heat, to me, like we've talked about it, they have a couple of weak links on defense. They're not as rock solid everywhere as the Raptors are. So scoring may be a bit easier, but the Heat half-court offense is a bear. And they're tough and they're physical and they fly around cutting. And so that it's, it's a totally, totally different series. Uh, I do think because of the matchups and because of the mismatches Boston can create when fully healthy, Hayward is a big part of that. But I also think the, the Celtics... Like their defense doesn't really suffer much without Hayward because the guys they plug in are just plus defenders, whether it's Grant Williams or Shimmy Ojale. Like they have dudes, Brad Wanamaker is another good defender. They have dudes to fill in that part. It's the playmaking and the shooting that they miss. Um, so here's a question from the one and only Carwar live on Periscope How does Hayward impact the rotation? Why are we so sure he's going to make us better? Because I think Gordon Hayward is he better than Shemi Ojale and Brad Wanamaker, full stop. Even Gordon Hayward at 85%, uh, just like even if he's not fully there athletically, his decision-making and I'm assuming ability to make three-point shots makes him better than um, – I, I, and he makes the point that it might take him time to get uh, adjusted to him. I think he can slide right in. They, they played the entire season – and they never really had a full lineup. The Celtics made adjustments on the fly. Hayward was always one who could step up, and he just needs to do whatever the team needs. Like, he's very good at, like, finding whatever the role is for that matchup and doing it, whether it be rebounding, maybe it's more distributing. In some cases, it might be scoring. I just think he's good enough where it's uh, – he's a talent – he's an all-star, max-level player. Getting him back is always a good thing. Yeah, but I do think there, there could be an adjustment. To like the one game or two games or whatever where he's not right and he's taking shots and he's trying to do things that Shemi Ojale just wouldn't even try to do. And so I You mean I think Jack threes immediately upon receiving the basketball? Because that's if, Shemi Ojale's main offense at this point. If if it goes wrong, that's how it will go wrong. And then I also think Brad Stevens probably has a tough decision at this point on who to start. Marcus Smart was so good during that Toronto series. He did everything during that Toronto series. He hit threes. He created offense. He defended like hell the whole time. So I do think there's not a controversy, but there's a legitimate decision about who to start. Um, Okay, this is a question from Pieces of a Kid, maybe some relation to you, at St. Mornal. Basically asking the question, 
because uh, the bench needs like scoring so much, is it beneficial to have Hayward coming off the bench? My thinking is that it might be initially I was like, don't mess with the flow at all. Uh, but then I'm thinking if you bring Hayward off the bench, is he then your primary facilitator? Uh, and then are you putting more uh, than he can handle? Is it better to have him out there where he doesn't have to be the main guy and can kind of rely on the playmaking of Tatum and Kemba and then kind of get back into the swing of things? Well, here's the thing. When they're fully healthy, they always have three of their guys on the court. So whether it's Jalen Brown, Kemba, Tatum, Smart, whatever the rotation would be, they can have three of those guys on the court at all times. And and that's what's huge about getting Hayward back is that you minimize the stretches when you have like two non-threats on the court and you have more creators at all times and you don't have places where Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero can hide and be off the hook. So I think that's like like and on top of it Hayward has been super efficient. Hayward is if not the Celtics' best passer, way up there on the list of their best passers. So he he's he's really important to them. And in this matchup, I think he's even more important than he was against Toronto because Toronto all, was always destined to be like a low-scoring series where defense was really, really important. This series, I think, could be high-scoring, and I think if the Celtics have Hayward, then they could score a lot of points. Um, I think it's interesting. I completely just blanked on a point. So I f- was going to say something that was interesting, um, but I'll just move on to the next question. You're just not organized tonight. You're no, not I ready wasn't. for the Eastern Conference Finals. This I is wasn't. this is a big game podcast, and you're just you're just failing. You are, <laughs> but you falling. are also failing because this is a team, and you were just have my done biggest to failure. My biggest failure was calling you and inviting you to be a co-host. That you could not do this podcast solo. It would be the most boring podcast in the world. You are the analysis, and I'm the fun and whimsy, and together we make magic. Stop denigrating me the day before a big game. It's just not worth it. This oh, question is from Ben Schwartz, and it's asking about the oh. <laughs> so someone in the comments oh. called you Jam Siakam Packard. Wow. I'm going to keep chucking shots too. And I only have one move and it's the spin move and I'm going to keep doing it. But um, the Jam question is. Yakum Packard tonight. Wow. I wish I was. Yeah, that's, a cold, that's a cold blooded comment. That's not good. But at least it's not like Nick skull. Nurse just complaining about my co host. Just, yeah, just being a whiny ass Karen. But uh, you know what? Maybe we'll be like the Celtics and we'll win, you know? Um, starting out on the defense. Oh. I remember my point. It doesn't matter who starts the game. It, rem- it matters who ends the game. But we're going to talk about starting the game. Uh, that's that's the gem? You you came out five minutes later? It doesn't matter who starts the game? It matters I never who said it was a gem. Okay, I said it but, was interesting. Okay, but who closes the game? That's the, that's a – see? Oh, it's a good question. I don't who, know. I don't think – I think – and I think this leads into the next question about what the starting defense is. Like, who do you think is most defense-oriented like lineup, the best defensive lineup – against the Heat starting five, and who do you have guarding Bam? Is it necessarily Daniel Tice? Uh, yeah. Yes, it is. It has to be what happens when Tice fouls out in the middle of the third quarter. In the seeding game, Bam went to the line, I think, 12, no, maybe 18 times. The Celtics could just not handle him whatsoever. Like when they 10 of those times were guy. when they went super small, and he just trampled them. So those were when Tice was not out there. 
Tice right. is very important. Tice, Tice v. Bam. Very the most important matchup in the series. All right, then who do you put on old friend Bay Crowder? Tatum? It doesn't really matter. That's what the question Ben Schwartz wants to know. Ben Schwartz doesn't really matter, man. Like he's gonna it, sit there and shoot spot up threes and Okay, well we'll ask about the other guys. Who do you like this is a question that was talked I, I, about? I do think it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see who they put Kemba on. Do they put Kemba on Jay Crowder? Because I can because I don't think he would post up. Any Jay Crowder think... post up is a win. The Jay Crowder is a spot up three point shooter and like can only drive to his right. Kemba will just take charges all day if that's the case. I actually think that makes sense as a matchup because that means you leave Smart to go on Dragic and then you can have Jalen either chasing around Robinson with Tatum on Butler or switch those up. But I actually think that would actually is probably the the wisest thing. Jay, you're a genius. I never, I didn't even thought about that, and you made fun of the question, and you didn't even know your own genius. <laughs> I'm out here rising to the Eastern Conference Finals level, unlike my co-host. Um, we have a number of questions about uh, Ennis Cantor. See him getting in. The, this is from Sox Nation 0613. Do you see him getting in the game for some rebounding purposes? Uh, some John Lichtenstein asks if do you see him playing at all, um, and. Then someone Celtics drew ass. Who's the first big off the bench? So I did Ennis is not going to be the first big off the bench. Um, so we can answer that question later, but do you think he gets used whatsoever in this series? I doubt it. I think this is a Robert Williams and Grant Williams series. I think because Ibaka is not there to shoot threes and to punish Robert Williams for not being able to guard the arc. Kelly Olinick though. Yeah, I guess Olinick. Um, but I, I think Robert Williams against Bam could be decent option. So yeah, I, I don't think Cantor just because they cut so much and they're so quick and their offense there's so much movement and shooting and whoever's the center, the way Bam facilitates, like it requires either, so much movement from the guy guarding Bam. Yeah, you gotta be locked in to stop the shooters around Bam not just Bam. So it's going to be really tough for Ennis Cantor or if Olenek's out there, like you got to guard the arc. So I just don't think it's Cantor series. Any it's, value it's another non-Cantor series. To having Cantor just be off, like being the biggest guy on the court, being a bruiser, getting some offensive rebounds. Because I think the answer is no. We saw that happen in the Raptors series. And like the Raptors, Ennis Cantor got some offensive rebounds, got like six points, but immediately the, uh, Raptors scored 10 points. His defense is just so bad. He cannot be on the court at the same time as Goron. Like, that'll, he'll immediately be put yeah. in pick and roll. And he'll just maybe, be, maybe when Goron's out? Like, for a stretch of six minutes just to try it out. But other than that, I just don't um, don't see it. Ennis, Ennis fulfilled his worth against Philadelphia. Is that and, the only reason they brought him in? Was he just he was the Joel Embiid slower downer, perhaps, or? No, he. I mean, he was good during the regular season. It's just when it comes playoff time, there are just going to be some tough matchups for him. And that's it. And Toronto was definitely one of those. Miami, I think, is one of those. And But we'll see. We'll see what Stevens decides to do. If, if they can somehow figure out how to slow Miami down with Cantor on the court, then Cantor becomes a plus. But you just got to scheme it somehow. Historically... Slowing the other team down and Cantor being on the court have not really 
mixed together. It's almost like Cantor makes the team worse at defense, but you can't have any causal arguments, you know, that not enough data, just a whole season. And that doesn't like career. defensive metrics. He doesn't like individual defensive metrics. You uh, misquoted him, I believe. And you no, had to he, he never said, he never said individual, but he was clearly talking about individual. Defensive <laughs> metrics. Uh, who do you think this is from Andrew Moore? Most important Celtic in the series. Tatum, just because he's always the most important Celtic. And after that, I think I think Kemba could have a big series. I don't know who stops Kemba on their team. And I don't think... Where do you think they try to hide Dragic? Be, just put him on smart? And then Jimmy on Kemba? I, I don't know. I, I have memories of Isaiah Thomas just blitzing by Jimmy Butler three years ago in that series when he tried to guard him. So and I don't, they don't like Duncan Robinson is like their shooting guard. I would not put him on Kemba. I feel like you kind of have to put Dragic on Kemba. Like if you put Jimmy on Kemba and Dragic on smart, then you put Duncan Robinson on Jalen Brown and Jay Crowder. Butler's on... got to Butler's got to be on Kemba, but I don't know if anyone on their team can keep Kemba in front. Well, then who do they guard with? Like they're going to have to use Duncan Robinson to try either guard Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. Well, I think Marcus Smart may work for him, but then where do you put Drogic? There's just there's like so much of a matchup issue for like they can't hide him. And I think that's the question is like how much, if they're switching a bunch, how much of the targeting do we see them just trying to go after Drogic or Robinson or Hero? Yeah. And then like the Celtics were pretty effective in get like scram switching Kemba out of the action when the Raptors tried to hunt him. And how much of that can Miami get away with? Can they do it when they have two more than one of those guys on the court? We'll see. I mean, that to me will go a long way toward answering who wins this series. If if the Heat can get exposed, if if their shooters get exposed defensively and they have to either limit their time on the court or just get shredded defensively when those guys are on the court, then it's it's going to be tough for Miami to win this series. But, I mean, with, with Hayward out, too, like that, as soon as the bench comes in, there are places for those guys to hide a little bit more. Uh, here's a question. Who do you predict? This is from Watch the Games, bro. Who do you predict is going to be my number one enemy uh, through this series? Your number one enemy? Last series, it was Nick Nurse, clearly. Who do you think is the person who pisses me, who's going to piss me off the most? Hi, I'm Tass Mellis from No Dunks on The Athletic. As the great philosopher Brian of the Backstreet Boys once said, Everybody, yeah, hydrate your body, yeah, everybody, hydrate your body, right? Hydration's back, all right! We all know we have to stay hydrated. I've used an app, a big water bottle, post-it notes, and proper hydration is extremely important right now. It can really help your immune system. Believe it or not, dehydration occurs daily in three out of four people. With Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. Each serving helps you get as much hydration as two to three bottles of water. I like using Liquid IV when I hit that afternoon lull. Instead of grabbing a coffee, I grab one stick of the lemon lime, put it in my water, 
and I get the energy boost I need without dehydrating my body and getting dry mouth. It's win-win because it contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. Oh, my mate Lily would love it. It's healthier than sugary sports drinks with no artificial flavors or preservatives and less sugar than an apple. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco and Target. Or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code ATHLETIC at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code ATHLETIC at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code ATHLETIC. It's going to be... Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder. Hell no. Jay Crowder is going to shoot like 55% from three, and you're going to be furious. I mean, it's definitely possible, but the one kind of like long, in depth journalistic endeavor I ever did was about Jay Crowder and his journey from like Villa Rica High School to the NBA. And I talked to all his high school coaches and things like that. And he handled the question uh, about Bay Crowder. Uh, hilariously so i'll all be, like have a place uh in the heart for jay crowder um that is also another question who's going to be more annoying jay crowder in terms of former celtics jay crowder or kelly olenic i think it's kelly olenic especially whose shoulder do you think he pulls out of their socket don't, don't, that's a low blow it's that's a, a question from shot. it's a question from the the fans that's Matt Newman asked it. It's not. Don't blame me. Blame Matt Newman. Kelly will never do that again because he never meant to do it in the first place. He's just a nice man who got very unfortunate to accidentally yank someone's arm out of his. <laughs> a very nice man with great positional def- defense from Cam Loops. He didn't mean to do it at all. Exactly. By the way, you're starting to step up your game a little bit. You've you finally arrived at the uh, Eastern Conference Finals game one pre it was a little bit of nerves, you know, but, you know, you, you eventually you lock in, you start uh, getting comfortable. You realize I was born to do this. And so um, it's just it's just fire right now. This question's from T. Hardy. Which Celtic player or players has helped or hurt their future earning potential the most since the bubble began? Helped or hurt. Stock up, stock down. Tatum was going to get the max anyway. Now, I think it's Time Lord. Time Lord has proven to be a somewhat effective NBA player, which is not, I don't think it drastically changes just because I don't think he, I think he would have done that eventually. But in terms of who is more established or less established than they were before, it has to be Time Lord. Yeah. Tice, Tice continues to make money. But I mean, he has a team option for next year. So it'll be a little while until he sees that money. But Tice, Tice is a worthy, worthy starting center in the NBA. Went from third string to number one in our hearts. Under the wings of Aaron Baines, Al Horford, learned everything. Oh, I never answered who my number one enemy is going to be. It's clearly the Dragon. That guy's infuriating because he's good and he has no Celtics connections and he's crafty. It might be Duncan Robinson. Yeah, I was uh, going to say one of the white boys might irritate you. Tyler Hero, I just like makes me laugh 
just how much swag he has for just like this like 19 year old dude like i'm just generally entertained by him duncan robinson went to a nezcac school i went to a nezcac school like he's basically like what would have happened to me if i was a great high school basketball player and shooter and then also grew six inches and so there's just some jealousy there but I, then I heard him on the low post and he was like, seemed like a nice and like likable guy. I don't know. It's one, it's either uh, the dragon or Duncan Robinson. We'll see. I don't know. I feel like uh, it might be Jimmy Butler. I respect Jimmy cause he's so cool, but if him and smart get in a fight, then I'll get riled up. Yeah. Over yeah. under on number of Jimmy Butler, Marcus smart texts in the series, like just related between their beef. Uh, See, I, I think they're both going to mostly stay out of it. Marcus doesn't really – when's the last time he beefed with a player? At the end of game six, he had to be, like, pulled away. During from- a game. During a game. <laughs> uh, he shoved Joel Embiid in the middle of a game in the playoffs uh, two years ago, or is that during the regular that, season? That was, that was a long time ago. See, he doesn't. Re- he hasn't really beefed with players very often. Every once in a while, after a loss, he can g- get a little out of himself. But I don't think he's going to do too much of that anymore. The, the what about after against- game one where Jimmy Butler says he's still not about that action, boss? What happens then? Then he'll try to be about that action. We'll see. I I don't think either of them will go out of their way. I, I do think there will be some hostility, though, because those guys hate everyone in the first place. And then when you add additional hatred on top of that, there's just – a level of competitiveness that few men or women will ever experience. How many, like, I feel like Marcus Smart and Kelly Olynyk were good friends. Is there any bad blood between the former Celtics players and the current Celtics players? I'm trying to think of what the overlap was. It's really Jalen and Marcus were about it in terms of guys who played with Crowder and Olynyk. Nobody dislikes Olynyk. He's just. He's the pride of Kamloops. I mean, how could you just Very him? nice man. All of Cat, nice, all man. of Cleveland dislikes him. Really helps out in the community. There, <laughs> there's not much wrong you can say about Kelly Olynyk, except that he used to pump fake out of way too many threes. Yeah, he's gotten a, a lot better at that. Um, this is from Nate Jones. How do you think Spolstra will respond to a Tatum go off game, which I guess is inevitably going to happen? I guess who's who's the best option if Jimmy is on? Uh, Kemba, who are they going to put on Jason Tatum? If Jimmy is on, I mean, that's maybe Bam. I, I think Bam on him could be an option. I think Crowder on him could be an option. It's going to be, I think it's going to be tough for Crowder to keep up. Like Crowder, he's, he's playing a lot better than he did in some of his stops post Boston. But I don't know if he has like the lateral foot speed to keep up with Jason Tatum and na- navigate around screens. And if, if if he can't keep up, then then that's an issue for the Heat. So I don't know. I maybe maybe you throw Jimmy on Tatum and try to physical him a little bit. But then what do you do with Kemba? See that that's why I, th- I just think the matchups are going to be tough for Miami. I think this is why my like. The rat, I mean, the Heat are going to play a lot of zone, so they just don't have to worry about those matchups because the Celtics have struggled with it. And do you think there's any chance that they see, oh, Raptors had a decent success running something like a box and one against Kemba? 
Do you think that's something, not just the normal weird zone we saw in the regular season, but do you think that's something they try to do um, considering the Raptors did so well with it? I think it's possible. I, I don't think the boxing one really hurt the Celtics. In, it hurt Kemba. In game six and seven. That was the big impact was that Kemba had no rhythm after they got out of the boxing one. That was like the the biggest impact. That I mean, Jalen Brown got so many open shots. Marcus Smart got a lot of open shots from the boxing one. It wasn't like the Celtics were producing bad looks against that. It was when they got out of that, Kemba hadn't seen the ball go in. And and they were doing a great job on him. And he he just didn't have it so I don't know if Miami can do that to Kemba like I, I don't know if they're capable of defending him well enough even if they go box with one and he doesn't see the ball go in for a while like I don't think I don't know if they can defend him well enough where he'll lack that rhythm moving forward so I, I'm not sure boxing one is is the move for Miami also the Raptors had like only plus defenders uh when they're able to like pull those things off and it's something they worked on in the year like the, I'm sure the Heat can like implement some. They have zones that they have worked on. They played zone more than any other team, but I don't think they're just going to like try a new zone in the middle of the playoffs. Um, this question is from more clever name at Bergsio. Um, who's the sturdiest or most solid player on Miami Heat? <laughs> uh, Who is their Brad Wanamaker? That's a good question. I mean, gotta go with. I, I, they're all pretty solid by like heat law, like they have to pass their body fat test. But in terms of like consistent production, I have no idea. Bam, Jimmy, Bam. I mean, Bam's pretty solid. Bam some, was an all-star. Those are some solid bro. But I feel like the sturdy solid thing is like kind of a slight at the same time. Yeah, that, like that's a, that's that's what I feel like too. Like you only say solid and sturdy about dudes who you don't say like, oh yeah, they score a lot and they do a lot of all-star things. So Iggy? Maybe Crowder? Iggy, you I mean, you basically hyped up Iggy's hands for that's a certain He's got great hands. Solid hands. Great hands. Fantastic hands. This question's from Greg Casoli. Would Jay King describe the heat as grimy? They're they're grimy in like a different way than Toronto. Like Toronto was grimy in the way that every touch there was going to be someone just hounding you. Every shot there was going to be someone flying out at you. Miami does some of that, but where they're grimy is like they're just strong and physical. Bam is just super athletic and super strong. He can overpower guys. Jimmy is just he he bullies guys, bullies sometimes his own teammates. I'm sure at practice, he's just kind of a bully. So they're grimy in like a different way than the Raptors, if that makes sense. I do like the word grimy though. It's one of your go tos. This question's from Celtics Drew. If Shemi played with ankle weights, would that make him better since he's an iron addict? And I assume that's like meaning he misses a lot of shots and draws a lot of iron. I, I don't think know. It what means he's addicted to lifting weights. Like 
Pumping iron? Because of his thick jack frame. All right, that's on me. I probably shouldn't have asked that question. That's my bad. Um, I don't know, but I don't think wearing ankle weights would help. I don't think it would be helpful whatsoever, uh, if we're being honest. Uh, This one's from at Keen Sauce. Deuce Tatum is in the bubble. Your thoughts, Jay? I mean, it'll be it's it's very awesome for Jason Tatum that he gets to see his son again. It has been two months since the last time he saw his son. He hasn't been able to hold him, hasn't been able to touch him, hasn't been able to kiss him on the forehead, hasn't been able to read him a bedtime book except over FaceTime. So it's it's going to be a special, special moment, I'm sure, when those two get reunited. I was touching Jay. I have a soul sometimes. I didn't know you're such a big Deuce fan. Um, This is one from Wobbly or the Lego Man, one of the great uh, Polish posters, great meme lord himself. How much heat is too much? What's your like max temperature, Jay? Depends what you can handle. Depends what. What can you handle? I can handle all the heat. I want more heat at all times. There is an infinite level of, of heat that I can handle. I'm just going to take us all back to uh, the last time the Celtics were in Miami. And this is true. Jay (laughs) spent the day at the beach and came to the game looking like a lobster, pretty much with the same color shirt that I have on right now. But he wasn't complaining. He handled the heat. And so the man, he's a man of his word. Uh, Is there a point where, so you'd much rather be in hot weather than in cold weather? Yeah, absolutely. Are you a sweaty guy? Do you sweat? I sweat like a man. <laughs> what does that mean? Please elaborate. It means men's sweat. <laughs> I know, but, but at different levels. I mean... Why are you asking me about my sweat? But Next question. All right. Also from the Lego man, who's the best player on St. Patrick's Day? I don't know what this is in reference to, but... <laughs> I mean... uh I'm going with – I'll go with Tatum because he's the best player every day. Boom. Ooh. All right, and then final question from Lego Man. And just because I'm a huge Lego Man fan, he gets three questions. And he came all the way from Poland to America, uh, and that's dedication of a fan. Is Grant the best shooter in the league now? I, I don't think statistically there's any way you could argue that. He's 8 for 12 in the playoffs. That's 67% just about – he is missed two big free throws. Yeah, but the free throws. If if he needed them, I'm confident. No, if he no. needed them, he would, he needed them when he shot them. He needed them. he needed. But eight for twelve, eight for twelve from the three pointer. All right, I we we've run out of decent questions, so they're clearly um, relying on the Lego man. I've I've figured it out who public enemy number one is, uh, and it's going to be watch the games be for saying this, but no. Public he enemy said, number he one. Said, he said Jam went back to his Siakam type performance with these questions. That was a great comment. I, I'm not gonna lie. It's a you, good chirp. It's a you good were, chirp. You were Siakam this podcast. You you were five for nineteen for twelve points. Yeah, but I kept chucking. Um, yeah, that's not good. Public enemy number one is hashtag Heat culture. The thing that's most obnoxious about the Miami Heat is like the cult like persona they've developed in thinking that like. Oh, we're the only team where players are in shape. And then the thing that's most annoying about it is that somehow Miami Heat fans 
think because their players have tremendous body fats that like heat culture is somehow transferred to the uh, obnoxious fans on Twitter. And don't get me wrong, as we've seen in the in the comments here, the Celtics have some obnoxious fans as well. Just but and all fans are kind of obnoxious, but there's a special brand and entitlement of Miami Heat fans. And it, I think it stems from hashtag heat culture. And I'm just I'm not ready for it. I just think it's like played up way too much. Like, oh, my God, they they want their guys to be in shape. No other team in the league requires their guys to be in shape. It's just it's absurd. Also, they have a circular locker room. I don't like that either. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually with you on the heat culture thing. And so, enough. The heat talk about it enough that now other like reporters will ask about it. Reporters will say it. It's it's pretty insufferable when. when How much not- different can it be than any other like coach who is, you know, somewhat demanding of his players? The Pat Riley mantra is like we try harder than every team. Well, every team tries to implement that. Like it just seems like they had success. They were they managed to get LeBron James, and now they have Heat culture. Or they had the refs basically just handing them the finals in 2006, and now all of a sudden Ooh. they have Heat culture. Like it's absurd. Yeah, you're not a big heat culture guy. It's stupid. It doesn't make it's like if the C's fans were about like cuss cries and it was like cuss cries makes us better than anything else. It's just it's obnoxious. It's just a bit extra. Um, but speaking of heat culture, reminded me of one thing. Any chances, what are the chances to get some Danny Ainge Pat Riley sniping in the media? Now, they're probably not gonna be at the games, but any like we told we've seen Pat Riley tell like Danny Ainge to shut the fuck up in a press release before. So some pretty ill will between these two uh, GMs. Yeah, I don't see that being rekindled. It's too bad. It would be, even it would be real happened, fun. Even when it happened the last time, Ainge was kind of like, yeah, like I don't think he he didn't clap back at Riley. So it, it never became like a huge thing. But that was the greatest press release of all time when he issued in a team statement that Danny Ainge should shut the fuck up that is <laughs> that's that heat is, culture that's heat culture <laughs> see if that is heat culture then I'm all for heat culture um yeah I mean it's the more swearing you can do in official press releases the better I don't think Danny Ainge is going to do that also they're just like not going to be around to give press conferences so it's unlikely but it could happen which is part of the fun I think it's going to be a very competitive series um but we're going to wrap it up here Jay on, no, your- no, no, no. we we got to we got to talk about Brad Stevens' wild, wild praise today. I when he not, said I, the Heat are the closest thing the Eastern Conference has had to the Golden State Warriors. He compared Jimmy Butler. He, I mean, indirectly compared Jimmy Butler, Duncan Robinson, and Tyler Hero to Steph, KD, and Clay. What? Does he just mean in terms of their movement? Like he in said, terms in of their terms of their cutting style? and shooting, they do move a lot. They do cut a lot. I think they were that's... like the tenth ranked offense in the league. I know, but it's also part of the Brad the Stevens Warriors, playbook. The Warriors were like the most talented team of all time. Oh, they were the best, like best scoring team ever. But I think it's just classic Brad Stevens. Let's just hype up uh, the opposing team as much as possible. Um, denigrate our uh, Celtics, say they have to play together. Like, that's so deliberate on his part. Not giving them anything, making them believe their own hype. But even by his standards, 
Why didn't you ask a follow-up? Do you say are you saying that that they're as good as the seventy-two and ten Warriors that, that added Kevin Durant? I was too busy giggling at, <laughs> in my living room. I mean, that was the Warriors, Brad. The Warriors. I think at some point he just is like looking to say things, but I mean, they can cut and shoot, but like the Warriors just tone it down. It was like when he kept saying Ben Simmons. Without Ben Simmons, the Sixers had the best offense. Like, yeah, but their offense sucks, and everyone knows it sucks, and you know it sucks. Just, so you're you're saying Brad Stevens is a known liar? I'm saying he's an embellisher in playoff series. He didn't embellish much about the Raptors, though. He just kind of just kept talking about how much he loved Kyle Lowry and and how much they respected him them and. Uh... But there wasn't that much to embellish. It was basically other than saying like they're real tough and Kyle Lowry's real good. Like that was like honest assessment because the Raptors are quite good. Yeah, I felt like that was honest. But when he when he brought out the Warriors comparison for Duncan Robinson and Goran Dragic and shit, I, he's gone I'm, too far. He's I gone must too have missed far. that today. I'm glad that you what, brought that what up. Would, what would he say if they played the Lakers or the Clippers in the finals? I mean, he would what? call LeBron and AD a sick joke. Uh, like, man, this is playing like the dream team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he has some like sort of other comparison. Uh, it's like it's like playing the Monstars. <laughs> I would be shocked if Brad knew anything about the movie Space Jam or the reference Monstars. But we've gone on for too long. We're going to wrap it up. We need your official prediction for the series. Lock it in, Jay. What are you predicting? My prediction is already out there, bro. You, you don't read my stories? Celtics in six. Damn it. That's my prediction. I'm going to go just... Little bit of a homerism, little just like juice that up a bit and say Celtics and five. Um, just because that's more fun. But I like the Heat are a solid squad. Some would say they're as good solid as the, sturdy the Warriors. I don't know how sturdy they are. Let's see how like what how they respond to um getting a loss in the series. They've only lost one game in the entire playoffs. They've only played what was it, nine games so far? Like they haven't really been tested at this point. The Celtics took uh, two punches in the mouth, maybe three punches in the mouth and responded. Maybe they're more battle-tested. I just think the Celtics are the more talented team uh, and they're going to win and be in the NBA Finals, which will be pretty, pretty, pretty cool. We will be there uh, if the Celtics make the NBA Finals, but we will be there for every single day of this series with live podcasts here on Periscope after every game. If you enjoy, please keep leaving comments. Uh, Please... Leave a rating, subscribe, give us five stars, do all those things. And thank you for listening to this episode of Anything is Potable. Hold on. Before we go, this was a great comment by Watch the Games. Smart's tweet when they win the series is going to be hashtag heat culture, and it's going to be great. <laughs> that is great because we didn't talk about Smart's celebratory lap, the victory lap he it took. Was one of my potable six-pack. Oh, yeah, we did talk about that. <laughs> my bad. I forget your points all the time. Uh, it's almost like you don't uh, listen or respect what I have to say. Yeah, probably yeah, sounds about right. All right, All right, thanks for listening, folks.